Joe, you had a dream last night, didn't you? Weird one? I think you did. Yeah, that's pretty strange. What happened? So I dreamt that my neighbor's cat came over and, like, coughed up a hairball all over our kitchen floor. He was, like, the size of another cat. So I, I picked that up and threw it away, and then I ended up having sex with uh, Anne Hathaway. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Vinny Kopp joining us now on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from the point of Pittsburgh. He'll be at the Penguins game tonight. I will be drunk watching it on a TV somewhere. God only knows where I'll wind up after the show. Vince, let's wrap up what happened in game one. The Penguins look like the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. And the Flyers, well, they look like they were maybe a year early. They looked uh, completely shell-shocked from the first goal the Penguins scored on. Um, I mean, their best players were minus four. I think that it was just complete and utter domination by the Penguins in really every aspect of the game. Now, that being said, it's one game. Uh, you know, the Penguins got to come out and play a similar game tonight and uh, go up 2 nothing. and I think uh, the Penguins go up 2 nothing, even though the Flyers are going back home. The, the series is over. Do you have any doubt that the Penguins aren't going to come back with a great effort tonight? Because years past with Dan Bilesma as head coach and well, Mike Johnson's team never did anything, I would not have had faith that they'd come out and respond the right way. Because the Flyers can have a push. This team, huh, I got no doubt they're going to play a good, solid hockey game. Does it mean they're going to win? No. But the effort's going to be there. The attention to detail is going to be there, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think this is too veteran a group, uh, what they've been through over the last two seasons. I mean, you saw in the first game, it was like, this is what these guys have been waiting for. And they knew what that game meant and what the beginning of this playoff season is. And I don't think that you'll see any letdown tonight. Because you lose this game tonight, and then the Flyers have the momentum, and they're going back home. So I don't think you'll see any uh, letdown from the Penguins tonight. Will they win 7 nothing? No, they're not going to win 7 nothing. Uh, will they post another shutout? Probably not. But I do expect that they'll have a great effort and they'll probably win the game. I think they will too. And I don't know where the advantage would come for Philadelphia. I really don't. I've talked about this on Twitter and on the show, Vince. I think that the best matchup for Philadelphia, if they're trying to get Drew going, is against that Broussard line. Not because of Broussard, but because of the other two mm -hmm. line mates there. I think they can try to get something going in that regard, but... I don't know what they could do other than that. I don't think they have an advantage anywhere. I don't either. I mean, uh, if you look at that game, the third line actually had the least amount of minutes. I, there, there were guys in the fourth line that played more minutes. Uh, Connor Sherry had the least amount of time, ice time in the game. Uh, Broussard really didn't play that much. Uh, he, he got some minutes on the second power play unit. We saw him set up Gensel on that power play goal. Um, yeah, that, that if, if that's a matchup that they could get... I would say that that's their best bet, but when they're playing in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh gets the last change, that's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to do. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe their power play, but even their power play, it, it's mediocre. I mean, their power play has been great in seasons past, but last year finished 14th in the league. This year finished 15th in the league. So it's just okay. Um, I, I just really don't see an area where they can, uh, where they have an advantage or can take advantage. No, I don't think so either, and it's got to be frustrating for Philadelphia fans that they're going to go back with the same lineup again 
for the second game in a row. And I don't think you want to tinker too much because you don't want to convey a sense of panic. But at the same time, I don't think I would go with Elliott. And we can start there and we can trickle down the lineup. But he looked bad apart from the statistics. He just didn't have it from the get-go. And I've opined on the show, Vince, that I just think it's a tough spot for him to be in. He played two games after that core muscle injury. And he comes out and plays in game one of the playoffs and gets shell-shocked. I mean, be fair to your goaltender. I'm sure he wants to be out there, but he might want to be out there against his own yeah, well-being. I think that he's in a tough spot, too. He didn't even look good in the two games that he played in during the regular season. And I think that it's tough for him. But at the same time, if you switch goaltenders after game one, it kind of signals panic. And I don't think Hackstall wants to kind of put that out there yet i don't think that he wants to show that he's panicking at all even though he might be in his mind so that i think that's part of the reason he's not doing a goaltending change now if they lose tonight in spectacular fashion like they did in game one i could definitely see him going into morazic in in game three uh you know if they lose tonight four to three or you know a close game something like that then i don't i don't see him uh changing goaltenders but at the same time penguins come out score three quick goals like they did in game one, I think that he's going to get the axe pretty quick. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And I don't know what you think, Vince. Do you think that they should have gone to Mrazek a little bit earlier in game number one? Um, I, it, The same reason. I, I don't think that he wanted to convey the sense of panic um, because the whole team was playing bad. It wasn't, just, they were. it wasn't just the goaltender. Now, that first goal, that was an absolutely terrible rebound. That he gave up there. That's got to be in the corner yeah. 10 times out of 10. I mean, right into the slot. That, that was just an absolutely terrible rebound. But um, I think it was the same reason. I, I I think that he wanted to tell his team, like, hey, let's not panic. Uh, you know, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with Elliot here and see what happens. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out real well, but um, I, I didn't really have a problem with him uh, sticking with uh, him as long as he did. That's a good point. I don't think you wanted to cause pandemonium and chaos and even more that we already yeah. saw out there on the ice I didn't think he had it from the start though I mean the, the first rebound and he looked shaky on a couple of stops as well it just I mean you don't really have a better option to turn to Mrazic's just a guy Ellie's just a guy uh, they had to call up the kid from Will, uh, from Hershey uh, no uh, Lehigh Valley from Lehigh Valley thing I just go through all the Pennsylvania yeah. uh, they had to call him up prior to the game. They know they're in trouble there. I think their hope was that Matt Murray wouldn't be good. I think their hope was that they'd see regular season Matt Murray, and, well, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I, Matt Murray's mental makeup is probably, I, Josh Joey just said this, it's probably his biggest attribute. And, I mean, people doubted him during the regular season. He didn't have a great regular season. He had a 907 save percentage, which was, like, middle of the pack. Um, he, yes, <laughs> he, Vince just got a Bud Light and he's very happy about it. Yeah, completely derailed my train of thought. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, 907 save percentage, not great, but I mean, he definitely came up at the level of consistency towards the end of the season there. He started seven straight games. They got points in five of those games. And yeah, you're right. The Flyers were probably banking on Murray looking ordinary at, like he did a lot of times during the regular season, but that. That just wasn't the case. I mean, obviously he didn't get tested that much, but, man, did he make a couple great saves early on in that game. He really did. Lawton fan on the one, which, I mean, it's the playoffs, bro. Put in the back of the night. I realize it's hockey and the puck bounces, and it sucks, but 
you've got to find a way to get that in. And Matt Murray made the miraculous save there on the second opportunity. He also made a good save on a breakaway. But other than that, you're right. I thought the Penguins did a good job of keeping large of everything to the outside. And I thought they blocked, obviously, a lot of shots with 24. Yeah. How good of a defensive game was it for Pittsburgh in game one? It was exactly the type of defensive game that I expect them to play in the playoffs. I think that they just kind of – I hate using this term. Everybody uses it this time of year, flip the switch. But they did. They, they literally went out there and they said, okay, this is the playoffs, and now we're going to just flip the switch to the defensive style that has won us the last two Stanley Cups. They blocked a ton of shots. The Flyers didn't even get a shot on goal on their power plays, which is amazing considering how bad – that the penalty kill has been, which, speaking of bad penalty kills, the Flyers, 29th in the league. The, the Penguins, if I could nitpick something, the, the Penguins got to be a little bit better on the power play. But other than that, uh, I mean, 7 nothing. you can't complain about that. But uh, Well, isn't that what makes them the Penguins, though? Yeah. Is that Mike Sullivan is going to rake them over the coals? I mean, maybe not to that extent. About the power play. About how they play well uh, in that regard. Why do you think that that was? I mean, is there complacency there because it was a big lead, or was it just, hey, you had an off night? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's just that. There's just some times when you have an off night, and there's nothing you could. I mean, they did score on the power play. It was the second They unit. did. Isn't that yeah, funny, too? They're 25% yeah. almost their season average. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the entries were, were terrible. Uh, they, they were kind of – they were already up when they got some of these power plays. I feel like they were – trying to put on a show for the home crowd more than just score on the power play. Um, but honestly, I think it was just an off night. I, I think that uh, if the Flyers are banking on their penalty kill uh, and taking penalties, uh, it's not going to work out well for them. Last night, and I will get back to obviously the Penguins and the Flyers. Uh, Vince is going to join us, Vince Kaminal from the Point of Pittsburgh, for the next 50 minutes here on the Crowley Show. I do want to talk about Columbus and what they were able to do to the Capitals. There are a couple of takeaways from me there. Let's start with Columbus. Good on them to battle back a couple of times. They battled back three times in their last, what, seven games in the regular season from three goal deficits. But Panarin. That guy oh. That guy scares me every time he touches the puck. Dude, that was dirty. I, I think that, not discounting Ovechkin or anything, but I think he's the scariest player in that series. I, I mean... Every time he touches the puck, you, you think that he might score. Uh, now, he doesn't have a shot that Ovechkin does, like, you know, the slap shot and whatnot. But, I mean, that goal that he scored to, to win the game last night, there aren't many players in the league that could score that goal or Not even think about trying to score that goal. So, I, you know, it's, it's only one game. I, I think that that series could go seven games. And, you know, if you're a Penguins fan and the Penguins win this series, you're hoping that series does go seven games and each one's triple overtime. But... Uh, that guy's a scary good player, and uh, I think they got it. They uh, got a steal in that trade. Oh, I don't think that there's a doubt about that. And for him to turn that puck from backhand to forehand that quickly, I mean, sick mitts there, bro. Man, I don't know if I've seen anything quite like that. And we've watched a lot of hockey. I mean, there have been goals that are similar, but he didn't get a lot on that shot. Didn't have to because he was the release was so wicked. I, I honestly don't think you could really blame uh, Grubauer for that goal either. No, I agree. I think he was in good position. There's, it's just sometimes in hockey you just have to tip your uh, helmet to the guy who shot the puck, and, and that's the case in, the, in that instance last night. I forget who it was, who one of the Blue Jackets, one of his teammates, who said he was screaming to dump the puck in on that play. 
Whoops. <laughs> Don't dump it in. Dump it behind the damn goaltender. Just filthy. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a long series. I thought so coming in. Now you had Columbus winning a game on the road. So I really now think that's going to be the case. Who do you think Penguins fans should rather see out of those two? I think it's a tough one because I don't think Columbus is as good as Washington. So you want to see them? At some point, Washington's going to break through against Pittsburgh because it's just going to happen. But at the same point, I don't know if they've learned anything from past years after, after having watched that game last night. I think that as a Penguins fan, you should still root for uh, the Capitals. Wow. I, I think that the Penguins are so deep into the Capitals' heads that even if they win that series, they're going to go, oh, boy, here we go again. Here we go. There was the, the headline in the Washington Post actually this morning was something along the lines of more of the same question mark. And uh, I think that uh, the Capitals' psyche is fragile. So, like I said, even if they would win that series, I think that they would just look at who they're playing and they say, oh, boy, here we go again. The second round against the Penguins, we know what's going to happen. Um, obviously, the Penguins have had pretty good success against Columbus too. But Brovsky, for whatever reason, gets into their head. Or get the Penguins get into his head, I should say. Um, it's it's tough though. I, I watched that game last night, and I you know I'm looking, I'm I'm going. I don't know who to root for in this game. I mean, I enjoyed it just as a hockey fan watching it. Sure, but I, I would give the slight edge if you're a Penguins fan to uh, root for the Capitals in that series. I'll go opposite of you. I I don't disagree with anything you said. Apart from that, I think the Penguins are in a good spot to go to the Eastern Conference Final. Regardless, I just don't think Columbus matches up all that well with Pittsburgh because of Bobrovsky. Uh, I just don't trust that guy at all. Rob Rossi was on last week, and he said, I'm putting the over-under at Penguins' playoff wins at two. And I said, Rob, come on, man, just trying to stir the pot here. And he was just trying to stir the yes. pot. Because that's As he likes to do. a little bit ridiculous. I love Rob, but, <laughs> I mean, give me a break. They, they had a chance to play either Columbus or Philadelphia, and you're going to tell me they're not going to win two playoff games? Yeah. Columbus played well down the stretch in terms of winning games. But when you're down three times in your last seven games, by three, you're not playing great hockey. Uh, You found a way to win, and there's some merit to that. But if you're not, if you're if you're losing three games by three, I mean, you're not playing that great. So I'd want to play them. As for Washington, as for that headline, what have they learned? Tom Wilson's out there committing terrible-ass penalties. He had a terrible turnover that led to the game-winning goal. Had a turnover that led to the game-winning goal. They blew multiple leads. They scored two of their goals on the power play, which isn't a negative, but at the same time, they've counted so much on that power play. I just, I think it is the same team. It doesn't seem like they've learned anything. I mean, a lot of people are giving them credit for winning the division, but none of that matters. They always win the division. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Uh... Like you said, Tom Wilson's out there running around, and he's playing on their top line. What and, is that about? And I mean, that's 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 what I'm talking about in terms of not having learned anything. Right. You're gonna hold Ovechkin back. You're gonna hold Kuznetsov back to have that guy be in your line. What for protection to create space because he can dig out pucks? I mean, I get it to that extent, but he's not a. You're playing. They're carrying him. And even if he creates space, he's still the passenger on that line. Put someone up there with skill. Let him bang bodies on the fourth line where he belongs. And that was the thing. He he took terrible penalty. He, he probably should have been thrown out of the game. Um, he had two terrible turnovers, but he was still out there with like four minutes left in the game. 
playing on that first line, and he was still taking shifts in overtime, and he committed a terrible turnover. And, you know, a lot of the people in Washington will say, oh, but he's a great example of somebody who really worked on his game and really blah, blah, blah. I mean, the fact of the matter is he still goes out there and takes stupid penalties. I I think he had uh, 13 fighting majors this year, which... In a league where they're extinct. Exactly. That was the second most in the league. Um I don't know. I like you. Like we just said, I, I don't. I don't really see how they've learned any lessons. They're a year older. Niskanen's a year older. Orbic's a year older. You know, Ovechkin's not getting any younger, though. He did lead the league in goals this year. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if they lost that series. But uh, like I said, if you're a Pens fan, maybe maybe you root for them slightly. There have been a lot of people who've picked the Capitals to win the Cup, actually, that I've seen. Because it's the trendy, oh, they, this is the year they've been counted out and they don't have any pressure on them. Bull crap, they don't have any pressure on them. Like you mentioned, the, the Washington Post headline, after game one of the playoffs, yeah, they've got pressure on them. I'm writing them off right now. I don't know if they're going to win this series. I don't know how far they'll go. They ain't winning the whole damn thing. I know that for a fact. Got a great quote from Claude Giroux, sort of. We'll talk about it next. It's Adam Crowley. It's Vince Commodore. Penguins Flyers coming up in an hour and 40 minutes right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Joining us today on the program for an hour is Vince Commodore. Vince, they call you the communist. Your thoughts? (laughs) No comment. What's your overall thoughts on communism and also the Soviet Union? Are you a fan? Uh, no comment. Interesting stuff. Hey, Sidney Crosby's been playing some baseball, it seems, out there on the ice. Do you think he could play baseball? I think he could start at third base for the Pirates right now. Where would you rather have him? Oh, the Penguins or the Pirates? Uh, Penguins right now, Pirates in June. Very good point. Very good point. One last thing for you here, Vince. Hey, the Cubs are down 4 to nothing to the Braves right now. Your thoughts on that? I think uh, we might need you to sing the uh, seventh inning stretch. Take me out to the ball. Game it's already and, uh, the ninth inning, Vince. Please uh, well, don't yeah, step all over me. It's it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I agree. Hopefully they can pull it out though. Hey, Vince, thanks so much for your time. Hey, anytime, Harry. I gotta make sure that guy doesn't have the ability to turn my microphone off. <laughs> uh, I think that makes for interesting radio. Hey, Harry, you mind if I ask you a question? Shoot, Adam. We all set up with Brian. You happy with him? He'll be at the uh, Carson City Saloon at 6, huh? You know, I don't really know how to connect on this board here. That's more of a Tom thing. And he's been in the bathroom for the past 40 minutes. So we've been flying blind back in the studio. Hopefully things get figured out by 6, though. Which place do you prefer? Probably Carson City. But overall, I'd have to say Wrigley Field. It's just a beautiful venue. They call it the Cathedral of Modern Baseball. Uh, I think it's the Cathedral of Baseball past, actually. But uh, I appreciate Past, your- present, future, whatever. It all works. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate your time. Anytime, anytime. Hackstall says that Elliot's going to start tonight because, quote, I know who he is as a person and who he is as an athlete. And, quote, Claude Giroux said that their performance was terrible in game number one we're live at Buford's kitchen where Claude Drew is going to get his ass kicked for the second game in a row he said the Flyers were overall too passive in the first game between these two clubs 
Do you agree with that assessment? Um, I just think that they were shell-shocked for the entire game. I mean, before they knew it, they were already down 3 nothing, And uh, there's a difference between being passive and just being, quite frankly, in shock. And I think that's what happened to them. I think so, too. I think that had the game gone differently in the first than had Lawton been able to pot that puck, I think I, the, I think the Flyers still would have lost. But obviously I think the game would have had maybe a different outcome psychologically, and that would have been huge for the Flyers. I think that's what they got to focus on going into game two. they got to say, look, this is not who we are. It's not who we've been the, the last half of the season. We're a good hockey club, and, you know, a bounce here or there would have made it respectable. It's just a loss. It, it, that's got to be their perspective. Yeah, um, our buddy Rob Rossi uh, tweeted out a good stat the other day. Um, teams that won by three or more goals in last season's playoffs – um, we're only six and nine in the following game. So, like you said, it's one game. It's one win. Sure, they scored seven goals, but it still only counts as one win. I think in the first ten minutes, the Penguins are going to have to weather a storm from the Flyers. That being said, if the Flyers come out all guns a blazing in the first ten minutes, and the Penguins still get a lead, I think uh, you might see the uh, Flyer spirit uh, broken pretty quickly for the, for the entire series, not just this They'll game. shot their wad, yeah, so, to speak. so to speak. Yeah, I think so. Vince Commonwealth, the official report, and, of course, the point of Pittsburgh joining me here on the Crowley Show. I think we will see a Flyers team that is going to try to be first to pucks as much as possible tonight. They're going to win some of the 50-50 battles that I thought that they did lose in game number one, but... I don't see the Penguins taking a, a foot off the gas here. Uh, last year, one of those games that was lost was after game five where the Penguins slaughtered Ottawa. Yes. Slaughtered them. And, in fact, two of them, whenever they slaughtered Nashville, Penguins came out. They lost to Ottawa the next game. But they put 49 shots on the goal. Uh, that was a goalie stealing a game. That was Anderson playing out of his mind. Uh, they came back. They won in Nashville where Nashville played well, but they came back and won. I don't think the Penguins are necessarily going to just let it happen to them in, in this game. Uh, I think that the best is still yet to come from these Penguins. In fact, I think they're going to play a good, strong, structural hockey game tonight. And if they lose, they lose. But I think the message will be sent again that, you know, we're going to keep coming. Yeah, I mean, if the Penguins do lose this game, it's going to be, you know, something along the lines of like a one-goal game or something like that. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I just think that this team is just – too many professionals on it that have been through the wars over the past couple seasons. Warring it. Where they just know what to do and they know the situation. They know that they could essentially end this series tonight by going up two games to none. And I think that you're going to see them come out and play like they could end the series tonight. And like I said, they're going to have to weather the storm for the first ten minutes or so. But I think you'll see the Penguins play the exact same type of game that they played in game one. Provorov and Gostas Bear. We're a combined minus six yes. on Wednesday's performance. Do you split them up? Uh, it's not going to happen tonight, but they don't have any depth behind those guys. And even no. the two of them are two offensive defensemen. I don't think they've got an answer, but I would try perhaps to at least put a good defenseman on a couple of lines as opposed to saying, okay, we'll roll with what we've got other than that. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I was uh – not surprised to see, but, you know, Provorov led the team with 23 minutes of ice time. Goss Bear, I think, got 21. And even Gudis played 20 minutes. I I just... Uh, he stinks. Uh, yeah. He stinks. That was the one that surprised me more than the other two. I mean, that that guy is playing 20 minutes a night. I mean, he's a... 
I mean, if, if the Penguins wanted to play this style of game, which they're not going to, they could easily goad him into some stupid penalties. Oh, my God. I mean, but they – I was also impressed the way the Penguins skated away from a lot of that, that crap in game one. There wasn't a lot of it, but they skated away from the, the little bit that there was. Um, I don't know if they're going to split those guys up. Uh, again, it's the same thing with the goaltending switch. I don't think Hackstall wants to create this sense of panic. So I think he's just going to stick with everything the same. But, again, if the Penguins go up like 2 or 3 nothing in the first period again. Start think, experimenting. Yeah, I think you're going to see a bunch of different changes. Um, so I would look for the same lineup, the same pairings and everything for the, at least to start this game and, and see what happens. Now, if they lose this game at all you know if they go down to nothing i think you'll see some changes to your point about the penguins walking away from stuff they remind me a lot of that red wings team at the end of the 2010s yeah. uh, the penguins after that first series said and we try to start stuff we try to face wash them a little bit try to rub them out in corners and not in the good way and it just wouldn't pay dividends they just skate away I see so much of that of the Penguins right now. Malkin's never going to be that guy. Never has been, never will be. But everyone else does a fabulous job of just saying, eh, F you. Now, they're not going to get pushed around. Right. There's a difference. And there is. I think that, like you said, Malkin, he's he's just kind of a different animal. Uh, I didn't like that he took two penalties in the last game. I'm I'm okay with the one, but the other one, you know, maybe maybe calm down a little bit. Um but for the most part, the rest of the, the Penguins, they were skating away, you know. Uh, again, the Flyers weren't trying to stir up too much. I think they just wanted the game to end, quite frankly. But this is a different team. I, I heard a lot before this series started, oh, look what the Flyers did to the Penguins in 2012. It's, it's going to be that all over again. This this is not the same Penguins team as 2012. These guys, I, I like the uh, quote from Costa Tang. He said, we're all over 30 years old now, me and uh, Sid and Gino. We, we don't want to be out there fighting. And that mofo's got a kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, so you're not going to see that. I mean, w- might there be a fight or two before the series is over? Yeah, maybe. But uh, I just I just think that the Penguins are such professionals now going through the wars the last two years. They're not just they're not going to engage in that stuff. They're just going to skate away from it. Tom, it is a Friday, which means what, my friend? It means it's free movie Friday. You are right about that, my friend. It is Adam Tickets. They are back. They want to give you a chance at free movie tickets, so text them now. Text Burger to A-T-O-M-1. That's Burger to Adam 1 for your chance to win. I always have to spell it out because it's not like my name. The Adam Tickets app is a great place where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and you can skip the lines. It's the easiest way to plan a night at the movies if you're trying to get some action. We're giving away a pair of free movie tickets so you can catch a new movie. So again, text Burger to Adam1, A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661. Enter today for your chance to win. Vince Commonell joining me here from the Fischler Report. If you want to chime in on the conversation to get anything to ask Vince or myself, 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Let's talk a little bit about Gino and Sid. I've spent very little time talking about them since yesterday's performance, or rather Wednesday's performance. And that's because I'm taking them for granted. They're so damn good. This is the best era of Penguins hockey. God bless Lemieux, and Lemieux is a better player, but for the love of God, I mean, you're never going to get better than this. Soak it up. And what's it mean, Vince, to see these guys ramp it up in game one of the playoffs like like, like it was nothing, really? 
It's amazing. I mean, and like I said, I hate using the term flip the switch, but essentially that's what they did. I mean, I think Gino was mad that he got that penalty, and he was like, you know what, I'm going to atone for taking that penalty. I'm going to come out of the box and score a goal. And he took the puck from one end of the ice to the other, and he scored a goal. And, you know, ho-hum, Crosby bats another puck out of the midair and right. goes in. I mean, and I was saying to you earlier, I think that's the best bat out of the air goal that he scored maybe in his career. And it was just like, oh, he did it again. And then that deflection to get the hat trick goal. There aren't very many players in the league that can deflect the puck at that angle and put it in. And it's just like, oh, yeah, he tied Mario's record for three three uh, career hat tricks in the postseason. Big deal. Like, that's amazing to yeah. me. I, I actually thought Mario would have had a lot more than that. I it's, did, too. That that's, that was very surprising to me, the era that they played and how good he was. Yeah. And then Crosby's got three. Uh, Malkin and Crosby, for a brief moment, were tied with the same amount of postseason goals yeah. uh, after Wednesday's performance, and now I think Sid leads by one, if memory serves correctly. Uh, those two just know how to get it done, and it's such a disservice. This media did such a disservice to them. When they weren't winning playoff series, and I get why you want to be critical, but they're not going to win every year. And now looking back on it, it's almost laughable that they got so much criticism. Now I think I really do think that they're above reproach. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, just look at, like I said, no disrespect to the Lemieux era teams, but the Penguins have already played in. They've won three cups. They've played in four finals. That's two more than the teams that you know Mario's teams and. Honestly, I think it's harder now to get to the Stanley Cup final than it was in, oh, in yeah. you know, early in Mario's career. There weren't as many teams, and quite frankly, the goal the goaltending I don't think was nearly as good. I I now that they've won that third cup, would I be disappointed if this group didn't win another cup? Probably, because I think they still have, you know, three to four years left in their um, prime, so to speak. But at the same time, they've already won three cups and played in four. I, there's not many other franchises, let alone no. players, that you could say that about. You know what's different about now than after the first cup? They won it in 9 and I thought, my God, they're going to win five of these suckers. Yeah. And after the first couple of years, I started to think, they're going to have their opportunities, but it's not as easy as they made it look right out of the shoot with Crosby and Malkin. Now, it's. I still understand it's not easy. Hell, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, just ask the Blackhawks. Yeah. But they're going to contend the next three years. They didn't always contend after 09. They eliminated in the first round in 2010. Uh, 2011, they or yeah, it was second round, pardon me, in 2010. 2011, they had the injuries. That's going to happen. And, you know, all things being equal, who knows what will happen that year. 2012 was a disaster. 2013 was a disaster. 2014 was a disaster. Yes. 2015, they didn't have a shot. They really didn't contend in any of those seasons no. apart from going to Boston to play that series. And even then, they didn't really contend because they didn't win a game that was, in that, that was, series. That was a disaster. I mean, it's hard to say a season's a disaster when you get the Eastern Conference Disaster. Final, that was a disaster. disaster. Two goals in four games yeah. with that club, disaster. So I think that now, whether they win it again, whether they – whether they win it again, they're going to be there. They're going to contend. They're going to have a chance. Yeah. I, I mean, you, it, as a fan, you have to sit back and just appreciate what you're watching. And the same thing back in the Lemieux era. You had to appreciate what you were watching. Because, I mean, look at the, for example, the Winnipeg Jets franchise. They just won their first 
playoff game in franchise history. That, right. that franchise has been around since 1999, and they just won their first game, not series, game in franchise history. Penguins have won two cups the last two years. Yes. Uh, you look at uh, the Minnesota Wild. They've never gone past the second round. Look at the Capitals in the Ovechkin era. They've never even gone past the second round. The Penguins have played in four Stanley Cup finals. So just, if you're a Penguins fan, just appreciate what you're watching because it, you know, it could be. Look, I mean, if you're if you're a Pirates fan, look look at the misery you've suffered through with them. They haven't won a playoff series since 1979. There are a lot of hockey franchises that are in that same boat. So just appreciate what you're watching. Coming up next, we start to preview tonight's game even further. Uh, we've been waxing poetic about the Penguins and their successes, but tonight I think they're going to have some success too. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what the Flyers can do to try to get a couple of matchups in their favor. It's Adam Crowley. It's Vince Commonal. All puck bitches. Live from Buford's Kitchen right across the street of PBG Paints Arena on ESPN Pittsburgh. Vince, the communist communal, joining me here on the Crowley Show. He of the Point of Pittsburgh and the Fischler Report. Longtime hockey writer here in town, Penguins writer here in town. Typically, you go to the visitors' room, though, no? Yeah, I uh, I was presented with that opportunity a couple years ago, and honestly, I I, I kind of like getting to talk to all the players around the NHL. Not that I don't like going to the Penguins room every once in a while. Sure. But it's kind of neat getting, like, to talk to all the stars around the league, different opposing coaches, things like that. So, I, you know, like I said, I was presented with that opportunity, and I kind of took it. Good for you. You're a big boy. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> uh, I wish I was a big boy. I've got addictions, and they are killing me right now. Uh, Brian LaMartina, because we are such a – futuristic radio show is live at the Carson City Saloon where Bud Light's on special. We are, of course, live at Buford's Kitchen where Bud Light's on special. And I've had two Bud Lights and I'm telling you what, Brian, I need nicotine in my veins right now. I quit smoking and then started to hit Brian's vape a hundred times every show and now I want to punch both Vince and Tom and Joe in the face and none of them did anything wrong. I get you, because I'm sitting here next to Alex, and, and if I didn't have this vape, I probably would have punched him already. Well, that's an Alex thing. That's not a, that's not a well, no, nicotine the vape, thing. Well, the vape helps me cope, you know. It, it helps me get by, and I was actually thinking about that on the way over here. By the way, it's a pleasure to be on with the communist and you right now as well. I feel like I've moved up a league here. Yeah. But on, on my way over, I'm sitting here hitting the vape, and I'm like, man, Adam's got to be dying right now. And I am going to lick someone's neck for a cigarette once we leave this bar. I, d I choose wisely uh, on the person you lick the neck of because a lot of times people with cigarettes, you don't want to go anywhere near their neck. Tuberculosis. Uh, yeah, you just be careful with that. Like, I feel weird now because we're all in these different locations. We're spread out across the city. Like you said, it's futuristic, but I feel a little out of the comfort zone. I don't have you to share with. I've got two Bud Lights here. You're not trying to drink either of them. It's really weird right now. Spoiler alert, I'll be watching the Penguins game on the south side with a couple of my good buddies. So uh, if those Bud Lights are still sitting there by the time that the show's over, I will swipe them from you. They will not be here. I will tell you that for a fact. That will not happen. Um, I am drinking them quick. I'm trying to keep up with your pace of drinking, oh. um, which I'm still just I'm so out. I'm outnumbered here. Like you just kicked my ass at it. But I'm trying it. to drink a little faster. You know? So I'll probably be hammered here by the end of this hour. 
That's Brian LaMartina. We're going to hear from him coming up in 10 minutes for the Bud Light Happy Hour here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Josh Yoey going to join us at 620. Vince Comino here with me now. What's the biggest key for Philadelphia to hang in this thing tonight? Uh, I would say they have to score the first goal. That's a great point. I think if they come out and score the first goal, everything changes. They're like, okay, we lost the first game, but we have a lead now. We can work with this. I think if the Penguins come out and score the first goal or even, you know, the first two goals, I think that they're going to have that thought mentality, uh-oh, here we go again. If I'm the Penguins, I'm shooting from Mount Washington. Yeah. I'm shooting from Blonox. I'm shooting from Butler and Mount Lebanon. I'm shooting it from Bethel Park. I'm shooting from all over the damn tri-state area from Wheeling. I'm firing pucks on net because I don't have any faith in Brian Elliott stopping him. No, I mean, the whole team played terribly in the first game for the Flyers but he he obviously he wasn't exactly sharp I, I think if uh, the Penguins come out and score in the first five minutes of the game he's going to be thinking the same thing uh oh here we go again as well as the team so how I, can you not yeah I think the first goal in this game is very very important uh probably more so for the Flyers than the Penguins but I think it will be uh key I mean, that's easy enough to say, but I, I think if the Flyers go down one nothing early, they're going to be like, uh-oh, here we go again. Put it to you this way. I think the Penguins can win if they don't score the first yes. goal. I don't think the Flyers can win if they don't score the first goal. Yeah, that's a more elegant way of saying what I was trying to say. Well, I'm just so <laughs> word efficient. Uh, 700% radio ratings increase. I am tremendous at this field, uh, and that's why I am here right now and Mark Madden is not. Yeah, I, that, I was impressed that you were here and Top Matt back in the studio. <laughs> there are some things I want to talk about right now <laughs> that I will talk about in a couple of minutes here on the Crowley Show. Vince Commonwealth, the official report, joining me here. All right, now I feel more comfortable saying it. That girl's butt cheeks are hanging out. But, yes. Totally I, out. I, uh, I not think, in, but out. I think she's wearing a toddler-sized jeans. Uh, not jeans, shorts. I am married. I will not comment on whether or not it was something that I enjoyed seeing. I will say, however, if you are a single man and you can make it down to Buford's Kitchen, you might want to make it here. It's 85 degrees. And no one knew it was going to be this warm. I thought it was going to be in the mid-70s. This is uh, Stanley Cup final weather. And good thing it's not in the mid-70s because then the Flyers would be good. Vince <laughs> Commonwell joining me here on the Crowley Show. Last couple of things now for Vince. The Penguins need to clean up, I think, the power play, the first unit. I think that they still were a little bit sloppy in the neutral zone. Is there anything else that they need to do in game number two that they weren't able to do in game number one? Yeah, I would say the power play is the biggest thing. I think that uh, they need to get better entries into the zone. I think they need to maybe try to not put on a show for the home fans on the power play and just stick to the basics because... There's enough talent on that power play where if they just stick to the basics, they're probably going to score. The Flyers' PK is terrible. Um, so the power play would be number one. Um, maybe get a little more out of that third line. I know you talked with uh, Josh Oey about Someone this smoking. a bit earlier. Someone's smoking. I smell it. I smell the nicotine. Anyhow, go ahead. Um, the third line you could probably get a little bit more out of. I thought that uh, other than uh, Broussard setting up Gensel on the power play, I thought that that line, it's hard to say when they're getting the score 7 nothing, but that line really didn't do too much in the game. I thought they actually got more out of the fourth line than they did the third line. So a little bit more out of the third line and uh, a little bit better on the uh, power play, and I think that the result's going to be uh, in favor of the Penguins once again. You think that's going to happen tonight? You think they win? 
Yeah, I think that they win probably. <laughs> that was almost a laugh. Yeah, I, I think that, and it's not discounting the Flyers. I mean, they do have two of the top 15 scorers in the NHL. They've got two of the best defensemen in the league. It, you know, it's not to discount the Flyers or be a slap in the face of the Flyers. I just think that the Penguins are that much better. Well, that's a great question then, right? Do you think that the, the first game was more about them or the, about the Penguins? I think that it was more about the Penguins. I think that the Penguins are just that much better than them. They're not 7 nothing better than them, but I just think in every category the Penguins are better than them, and I think that the Penguins, just based on their experiences in the past two seasons, I think that that's what you saw in Game 1, the experience of the Penguins and the inexperience of the Flyers, and I think that's what's you know, going to win them Game 2 and probably, probably the series. Vinny Com, appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime. You know, probably kick your communist ways to the side, but the funny thing is, knowing you, it's the farthest thing from the truth. You are not a communist whatsoever. <laughs> no, if I always tell people that, uh, they always spell my last name with two M's, and I say it's not like communism or community or communication. Only one M. Bam! Wait, there's only one M in your name? Yes. I don't know if it's like that in my phone. Uh-oh. It doesn't so much matter. Uh, d don't worry, even at my own job. I couldn't log into something today because they spelled my oh, name. Oh, no. Oh, I got double M. Mark Madden? Uh, we'll take that. The, the, the second M is silent. Son of a bitch. Hopefully we'll do it again, buddy. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Coming up next, the show at Buford's Kitchen merges with the show at Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour. It's Adam Crowley. Thanks to Vince. Brian LaMartina will be on the way on ESPN Pittsburgh.